At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Welcome all. Second hour of the Green Zone here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. My name is Jonathan Von Tobel, filling in for the weekend. Wes Reynolds alongside over at the Mandalay Bay. And Wes, it truly is Coors Field. Uh, Feltner, the young kid who got the start here for the Rockies, was performing admirably. Ryan Feltner, I should say his whole name, as, much, as well as he could. Had given up two early runs, was working through some trouble. But uh, back-to-back long shots, one a three-run bomb, and then now a solo shot to Travis Darno, and the, Ra- uh, the Braves find themselves up six to nothing at the top of the third inning over Ryan Feltner and the Colorado Rockies. Still a three-three tie, too, by the way, between the Phillies and the Marlins. These two games, of course, tied to one another because the Phillies just find themselves a game and a half to two games back in the National League East. Of course, the Dodgers, not Dodgers, strike that, Braves. In the lead there, two games is the lead for Atlanta in the NL East with just under a month to play. With that, Wes, before we get to, we're going to get back to football last Sunday without NFL action. Uh, I want to get your brief thoughts on the Sunday night contest tonight, and that would be not football, uh, but that would be baseball. We get the Dodgers and the Giants. We get the rubber match. Who will take the series? Who will take into the latter portions of the schedule a lead in the National League West? Remember, this is the last regular season game between these two clubs, so now it's all about you taking care of your own business if you're each respective team. Walker is going to get the start. We get a bullpen game for the San Francisco Giants. Dodgers took care of business yesterday, took advantage of mistakes, had the bats going, and with Bueller on the hill, it's not... I shouldn't say it's not a surprise. Bueller is a really, obviously, fantastic pitcher. Dodgers are a highly power-rated team. It's a bullpen game on one end. But a $1.90 for the Dodgers on the road in San Francisco yeah. against a quality Giants team, it, that, that is surprising to see given how good this Giants team has been. Yeah, and you look, and I think it's probably priced into the cake right now because uh, Sammy Long, Jarlin Garcia, not going to be available. They each threw 40 pitches yesterday. Rogers uh, would be making his uh, fourth appearance in five days. So Dominic Leone, uh, who's going to be going on the bump here as the bullpen starter, this is his third appearance in five days. So I think that obviously that that's going to be baked in. He's likely going an inning two thirds. Maybe he makes it two full innings. I think if they're, if they're fortunate, but, uh, Worth noting, though, that the Giants are going to have an off day later this week. Uh, so a full week sooner than the Dodgers are going to get an off day. So they can lean on their bullpen a little bit, despite the fact that they're shorthanded, as I mentioned, with Long and Garcia having thrown so many innings yesterday. Probably the way I would look to play this, though, John, 
is maybe on the Giants, I think you could look first five here. And that would be likely the way I would go. You're seeing, I think it's 160 at BetMGM, but there's even some higher in the markets. Even some faraway places have it as high as 180 here. So that's a little bit of a big price, I think. I know it's, like you said, I know it's Walker Bueller, but Walker Bueller, uh, three and a half on the XFIP and just uh, ERA just a smidge over two. So maybe a tinge of regression coming for Walker Bueller. Probably not very much. One of the best pitchers in the National League. But yeah, I thought this just on the price, it was a little bit high on the Dodgers in this situation. So it'd be Giants first five or nothing for me. Yeah, for Bueller, the last time we saw him give up more than three earned runs in an outing was July 5th. It was a start on the road against Miami. He went five innings, pitched three earned runs, uh, walked two guys, six strikeouts, didn't give up a home run. But, like, that's the regression you're looking for from Walker Bueller. Have it come a little early, potentially, and and the Giants would be live. But uh, I would agree with that. Yeah, regression for Bueller is different than most pitchers. So it's not like you're going to get, okay, he's going to give up, you know, five earned on seven hits in four and two-thirds innings. You're not going to get that out of this guy. So regression being a relative term for Walker Bueller. Yep, all right. Exactly. So as we look around the uh, the scoreboard really quickly, we'll update to the games that we have not. For example, the New York Mets have taken a 7-6 lead over the Washington Nationals. The embers of their postseason life still burning, just a little bit still there, though. Uh, the Minnesota Twins, who were trailing the Tampa Bay Rays, it was 5-4. to four. The Rays had taken a late, uh, lead in the later part of the innings. Well, it is now knotted up at 5 apiece. Top of the eighth, Minnesota threatening two. Two outs, but with a runner on third. Kansas City, how about this? Royals were a big underdog against the Chicago White Sox. White Sox really not in threat of anything, just some seeding implications here. Down down 4 nothing to the Kansas City Royals in the bottom of the sixth inning, and the Royals have no outs and a runner on second, so we'll see if they can continue to threaten. And a game that means nothing, Chicago up 7-5 to five over the Pittsburgh Pirates here at the top of the fifth inning there. So we'll see if the Royals can maintain their pace here and pull an upset, a big one, on this Sunday. It's the Green Zone here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, Wes Reynolds alongside. We just went through the Major League Baseball scoreboard. A quick preview of what we're going to see later today. Uh, we should point out that right now, Wes, we talk about threatening the Baltimore Orioles doing just that. They have no outs in the top of the seventh inning, and the base is loaded. And I do believe that they brought in a couple here. I'll see if that's going to be the case. But uh, the Orioles not going away after Gary Sanchez put some distance between them and the O's with a two-run shot last inning. Yeah, and uh, one final score, our first final score of the afternoon. Four to one, Tigers get the win in Cincinnati. Gregory Soto goes an inning in the third, so is able to get a clean one, two, three here in the bottom of the ninth to the Cincinnati Reds. Going to drop to 73 and 65, and uh, they were only a half a game ahead of the San Diego Padres, who we mentioned last hour are about to go off here in Petco Park. So uh, now virtually tied. Reds with one game in the win column, but Padres with one game ahead in the loss column, so Chris Paddock going to try to get the Padres a half game ahead of the Reds as of this afternoon. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting situation unfolding actually in New York, so uh, the the two-run shot that Gary Sanchez hit in the uh, top half of, excuse me, the bottom half of the sixth inning, those two runs are now brought back uh, for Baltimore. It is now a 7-6 to six game. Uh, Andrew Heaney is coming out of the pen here, and yeah. Andrew Heaney is the one, is the GOAT right now. He has 17 pitches in, and he's got runners west on second and third with no outs and having just given up two runs. So uh, this is not the best spot for Heaney. Hasn't been the best trade for the Yankees uh, with Heaney and no. pinstripes. And a lot of us, because obviously you're an Angels fan, JBT, yeah. so you've seen Andrew Heaney a lot with the Halos, and that was one of the trades, even though the Yankees, I think, made some good trades, especially at the plate, finally getting some left-handed bats in that lineup with Rizzo and Gallo. It's almost like Brian Cashman finally realized they got a short porch in right field at the stadium. Let's get these guys in to exploit it. But they also did bring Andrew Heaney, and that one was kind of a head-scratcher because I'm like, okay, you got a fly ball pitcher yeah. at Yankee Stadium. That's probably not going to go well. And Andrew Heaney already three hits and two earned runs here. No outs now. Second and third for the Baltimore Orioles. I believe we're going to have a pitching change here very shortly at the stadium. But Baltimore right back in this game as a massive underdog. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I thought there was Wes to the Heaney point. I thought there was an argument to be made that when you looked at some of his numbers, right, that there was a trade worth making for some. Look, we were just talking sure. about Jansen Junk, one of the pro, like right, one of the prospects that they traded over yeah. for Heaney. It's not like they yeah. gave him the farm for him, and there were some underlying numbers that made you think that he was going to be a little bit better going forward. Uh, but it has not worked out. And I think, to be fair, right, majority of his first few starts, 
They came in, in in New York, not the most favorable spot for him. Also, he had that stupid, you know, cornfield game that he had to start in as well. Sorry, I've never seen Field of Dreams. I apologize uh, for calling it stupid. But, you know, it wasn't <laughs> the best situation for him. Then he had to start against the Braves, where it was like, okay, hey, maybe there's going to be something here. Uh, but now relegated to bullpen work, and it still has not worked out for him. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see his uh, – if we see less and less of him as we move forward for the Yankees, especially if you're going to put together performances like this. And especially with the Yankee bullpen, that's already kind of been a little shaky throughout the entire season. Anyway, you obviously don't have a spot for him in your starting rotation, but maybe not a spot in the bullpen either as uh, Jones doubles to right and scores two runs. Now seven to six here. They Heaney still in the game did retire a batter. So two still on for the Baltimore Orioles, seven to six. And uh, really quick, I do want to get an update because we'll go back to the baseball and also some of the football. But I do want to get a quick update on the golf. We are on the back nine here of the tour championship. Patrick Cantlay, minus 20. John Rahm, minus 19. And Cantlay was about a $1.35 favorite. Rahm to take back plus 110. Rahm is going to try to get up and down here. A tricky uphill lie out of the rough. And uh, a nice shot there, so he should be able to save par. But Patrick Cantlay, actually, now it is being reposted at BetMGM. Minus 125. Rahm, even money. It's pretty much a two-guy show. Kevin Na kind of hanging on the periphery of contention here right now in third place. Justin Thomas has fallen down to fourth. And really what this is, this is basically a $10 million match. The winner here is going to win the FedEx Cup and also win the Tour Championship with those bonus strokes that we talked about before the tournament. Winner gets $15 million. Loser has to settle for a paltry $5 million. That's it? Yes. Mm. Bummer. Yeah, so second place is going to get $5 million, and uh, uh, third place will get $4 million. So uh, $10 million difference here, but uh, having to settle for that $5 million at the end of the season, not too bad of a gig. That's, that's tough. It's tough making it work if you're a golfer. I, I have said before. It's a, hard knock, <laughs> it's a hard knock life, JVT. I have said if I was going to be average, just like average at any sport, it, it's golf, right? Like if I could tell you you could be a golfer, and you would never win a tournament, but you would always 100% make the cut in these tournaments. So, like, you'd take that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you've seen oh, guys. Uh, I'm trying. God, I was trying to find the tweet because somebody said it uh, about, like, uh, Kevin Na, who is now in third place. I believe he's won just a handful of events on the PGA Tour. And they were talking about his career earnings that, that he was making. And this is a guy, it's just an average, maybe slightly above average PGA Tour player. So that just shows you the stupid money that is involved in this game right now. So before we get to the National Football League, because I mentioned it, this is, for those who don't know, the last Sunday without NFL action until February. It's going to be absolutely great. And we're going to get to some of these numbers and where they have moved. But we do have college football today, Wes. So I want to get your thoughts on this. And it's a good matchup, man. I cannot wait to watch this. Notre Dame, Florida State, Irish open up uh, as we saw at some spots 10 in the offseason. Right now, sevens dominate the board with a total of 53 and a half. On the other end, it's Florida State, who it doesn't sound like they have announced a starting quarterback, but it looks like we're just going to get both of them regardless, right? We are going to see Mackenzie Milton. looks like we're going to see Jordan Travis. So don't know what the roles are going to be unless something is broken that I haven't seen, West. But what are you expecting in this game? Has the market gotten it right and moving in the direction that it has? I think that it has, and that's what would keep me out at the current number at seven. Obviously, you mentioned that the game of the year and some of the uh, earlier summer openers were around 10. I thought that that was a very good take on Florida State here uh, with, uh, with, with Notre Dame coming on the road. If you look at Florida State, Obviously a disappointing first season under Mike Norvell taking the reins there, but I think emotions are going to be high here, and I don't want to overestimate that because it may be not me, it might not mean as much to the players because they never played for Coach Bowden. Bobby Bowden, who, of course, uh, passed away earlier this summer. But it damn sure is going to mean something to the coaching staff mm. because it's going to mean something to the coaching staff's employers who sign their checks because this is the first game in Dope Campbell Stadium after the passing of Bobby Bowden. So you got to think that the crowd there in Tallahassee is going to be fired up. They're obviously going to be emotional and into this. And you have seen, and I don't think that's the reason necessarily for the move on Florida State. It might be kind of part and parcel of why some people were going ahead and backing them. But it's also the fact that 
The Seminoles offense, Notre Dame's basically got to prepare for two different schemes here. Yep. When you mentioned the two quarterbacks that are going to go, Mackenzie Milton, the UCF transfer, obviously has uh, come back from uh, injuries where he's basically missed, what, the better part of over two years. Seems of like course, he had that injury. Yeah, and it may be even longer because it was late in the season when he got hurt against in a game against South Florida. And then you look at Jordan Travis. He's very elusive. He is the younger brother of Devin Travis, Major League Baseball player. And he's a guy that can run the ball, runs a lot of zone read, runs a lot of read option. Mackenzie Milton pretty much going to be a passer. And actually, Mackenzie Milton has not taken a snap since 2018. But Mike Norvell, well-versed on Mackenzie Milton because he saw him up close because Mike Norvell was the head coach at Memphis before he came to Florida State. And obviously, Milton had that right knee injury, so... You know, he's certainly not going to be as mobile as Jordan Travis. So that's why I think you're going to see two different looks here with these guys. On the opposite side, Notre Dame, Jack Cohn transfers in from Wisconsin. And, you know, there is maybe that perception in the market after what we saw with uh, with uh, 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 the uh, Wisconsin quarterback uh, yeah. that, look, it's like you couldn't beat that guy out. Uh, the, the name, I just spaced on the name, though, but... Uh, the, the Wisconsin quarterback and that Jack Cohn, Graham Mertz, thank you. I uh, just spaced on the name for some reason. So many teams getting them all confused. But nevertheless, Graham Mertz, Jack Cohn couldn't beat him out at Wisconsin. So now he goes to Notre Dame. So is there that market perception? By the way, Notre Dame also has a new uh, defensive coordinator here and Marcus Freeman who comes in from Cincinnati. Mike Norvell knows this defensive package very well. Memphis and Cincinnati competed for the American Athletic Conference Championship. Uh, Norvell actually won both those games. So the Seminoles offensive line, which has been the much maligned unit, I think, in this program, they're going to see a lot of different blitz packages from Freeman and Notre Dame when they're going to have some three-down linemen. They're going to have some four-down linemen. So you got to think Florida State at least is going to be prepared for that. Now, can their kids execute? But I, I do agree with the move here to seven, but I'm probably going to wait to see if I get an end game. Maybe the Irish get the ball on the first drive and go ahead and score. And then I could get like an eight and a half or a nine or even perhaps a 10. Then I'd be interested in Florida State because I certainly agree with the move. Yeah, I, and I'm look. We talk about retooling right all the time, and I think there's an argument Notre Dame, the level of talent they get, they are a team that kind of retools, but is it a team that retools right to the level of some of the big boys, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson? Right. Because when you're talking about an offense that's got three guys back, turnover at key positions like quarterback and offensive line west, you know, that's going to be a question to be had here is – how much continuity you get for this team offensively where you're losing so much production from a year ago. Uh, guys who were part of offenses that averaged 33 and 36 points per game over the last two seasons and what that offense looks like now uh, in, an, uh, in an environment like this is a big favorite. Like, those are the questions. And I agree. Like, I, I think that it's not even about the perception, right, about the whole Graham Mertz, you know, Jack Cohn type of deal. I just didn't think that Jack Cohn was that good. And so, like, if you're looking at it from that perspective, is that is this passing attack going to have any sort of explosiveness downfield? Because Ian Book was a really solid quarterback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's a lot to replace here with Notre Dame. Notre Dame, uh, you know, I thought had a very good defense last year, and it should still should be solid again. But Marcus Freeman coming in, he's a little bit more aggressive. Now, can Florida State use that aggression against them? I'll be interested to kind of see just from the football standpoint, you know, when they decide to use Jordan Travis on more of those design runs and when they decide to use Milton. I think Milton is going to start. It's going to depend on the formation and whatnot, but certainly agree with the number but I'm going to wait for an end game by the way the Yankee or the Yankees now are tied with the Baltimore Orioles we yeah. do have a run in so now seven to seven here in the top of the seven still I believe two men on with one out yeah I was going to bring that uh, to our attention here and update the score we have a couple of things to update uh, but first off you're right 12 pitch at bat there for the Baltimore Orioles eventually leads uh, to a bloop in the infield and that's going to lead to those that that run scoring in a tie game for Baltimore so they are in the pen and you're right runners on the corners with just one out and the other so you look at it's funny we talk about bad luck Wes and I think there's probably if you're listening you're like hey yeah pushback like a bad luck who cares don't suck well how about this so for Chris Paddock early on he's working this for he's working right now 
but he induces a ground ball. What happens? Snatched up by short by the shortstop for San Diego. Bad throw to first. Hosmer can't handle it. So then runners advance, and then all of a sudden you give up a hit, and sure enough, it's already one nothing Houston. Talk about this luck that that Paddock kind of runs into at home sometimes. And sure enough, it's already one nothing. Partly not his own fault. Runners on first and second, no outs, and the Astros looking to add to it already. Yeah, that XFIP probably not going to improve anytime <laughs> soon based on what you just said there for Chris Paddock. So uh, already in a little bit of a hole. And then uh, uh, got to give an update. No playoff implications, but we did mention our guy Junk gave up two hits, his first two bats. Uh, so uh, already two guys on for the Rangers. Still no score in that one, though. What a name. What a name for a baseball pitcher. Uh, hopefully it goes better for him. Yeah. Hopefully career. That'd be great, right? As an Angels guy, I'm hoping that uh, we laugh at this in five years from now, he's the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. But of course, uh, knowing the Angels' luck when it comes to pitching prospects, probably not the case, and he'll be on another team in four. Well, well, we we will have burned the archives of this program, JVT, so they're not going to tie it to us. That's very so true. no old takes exposed coming after us, right? Uh, all right, so with that, we got three minutes left. So, Wes, we're, we're going to get into, like, at, uh, at length, we're going to talk about a lot of these games on the NFL scoreboard. Uh, but we should start with, I think, the news of the day, and it ties into the first game that we're going to see. The first player that we know of that is going to miss a regular season contest as the Baltimore Orioles have taken the lead over the New York Yankees, 8-7, to seven, still just one out, and runners now on first and second. So this is not going well for the Yankees. Dallas Cowboys guard Zach Martin tested positive for COVID-19. He has already been ruled out Thursday's game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, we know because of the protocols and whatnot, he's not going to be cleared in time to play. So what are we going to do here with this? First off, I'll just say, I'll ask you this. Your initial read is this number for Tampa Bay and Dallas. Uh, we have seen this just creep more and more in the direction of the Bucks. We saw at one point a flash eight, but seven and a half with a total of 51 and a half. Questions about what's going on with Dak Prescott. It just seems like such a poor spot for Dallas. It does, and usually, I, usually I kind of like this spot. I don't play it blindly because I think uh, you get mixed results. It's not like this is a really great trend or anything, but oftentimes, and you see it, I, I have more success actually in the NBA and in the NHL doing it, that old quote-unquote ring and banner night, which, is, of course, this is going to be for Tampa Bay winning Super Bowl 55. So, you know, you kind of look, and you got a team coming in hungry. It's like, we want that to be us, dudes. You know, yep. that should be us, and, and you often kind of get that. But you look at this Dallas spot, you know, not only going to what's going on with Dak Prescott, but now Zach Martin on the offensive line is going to miss this game due to COVID-19. Dallas had some problems on the offensive line last year with some injuries, and plus the fact that you didn't have the passing threat of Prescott. So what did defenses do? They went ahead and stacked the box and stopped the run with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. They had their worst career years, so that's why you saw those numbers down. So I don't know if I'm necessarily going to lay it with Tampa, but ordinarily this would be the spot where I would want to come in on the Cowboys, but probably going to be a stay away for me from this standpoint. I know it got up to nine as high when Dak announced, or they announced that Dak was going to have that second MRI, but boy, I, you know, just not a lot of good news and a lot of good mojo around yep. the Cowboys right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. I mean, I think about this from the, from Prescott's perspective, two surgeries in the off season, rehab, didn't throw in training camp, lat strain in his right shoulder, didn't play in the preseason. Like, I, I think the world of Dak Prescott, I think he's a really good quarterback, but just relying on him mm -hmm. against a defense that's bringing back 22 guys with the talent along that front seven, uh, that is a lot to ask. Oh, it's an inflated number. We'll see what the market does with it. All right, we're going to continue to dive into the NFL scores. We'll keep you up to date on everything going on in Major League Baseball as the late games have gotten started. Don't go anywhere, man. It's the Green Zone here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Presented by BetMGM, I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for this weekend. Wes Reynolds alongside, live from the Mandalay Bay as well. A great day full of baseball action. Some exciting games. Uh, I think eyes right now, 
mainly because it means quite a bit as the Yankees continue to scuff. How about the, the Orioles being a thorn in their side? This is pretty incredible. As the, the Yankees now, mm-hmm. if you're just joining us, trail the Baltimore Orioles 8-7. to seven. Gary Sanchez had given New York some breathing room. They had given them a 7-5 to five lead with a two-run shot. They were only up 6-5. to five. Andrew Heaney comes in in relief, absolutely collapses. And sure enough, it's not just Heaney's fault, but the bullpen overall, some poor pitching, Wes, gives the Baltimore Orioles an 8-7 to seven lead, bottom of the seventh inning. Aaron Judge, though, has a 3-1 count, trying to make something happen with no outs. And Fernando Tatis is at the plate right now, down 0-1 as are the San Diego Padres, trailing one nothing. Cronenworth with a bad throw from short to first, allows runners to advance. Runner is then sent home by the next batter. So we got a one nothing lead there. And finally, bottom of the ninth inning, Ian Kennedy is in for the Philadelphia Phillies. They are all knotted up at three apiece with the Miami Marlins. Wes Reynolds, that's pretty much the games of note at this point right now. Would you like to update anything else well, on and- the scoreboard? The Twins actually did play to run here in the top of the ninth, so uh, uh, Kittredge gives up a run, so we are going to go to the bottom of the ninth. The Rays, of course, the leader in the AL East, but nevertheless, the Minnesota Twins. Minnesota Twins are kind of one of those weird teams, too, John, where it's like they're way out of it. They know they've been out of it, but every once in a while, they'll take like three or four in Houston against the Astros, or they'll really perform well in a series, so now the Rays are going to have to try to walk it off here, or at least send this to extras as the Twins will go to the bottom of the ninth, six to five. By the way, the Mets nine to six also have the bases loaded against the Washington Nationals. So the Metropolitans trying to go one game over 500. And uh, those are the scores there. Also, St. Louis leading in Milwaukee, bottom of the six, three to one. John Lester, actually, I believe it was last Sunday, kind of shut the Reds down a little bit, only allowed one run. And he's done the same thing to the Brewers here. Bottom of the six, Lester threw five and a thirds, only 81 pitches, now three to one guards yeah you know what and we shouldn't bury that one because that's a good bring that's uh, that's good to bring attention to us on your part because the cardinals all of a sudden find themselves just two games back of the second wild card in the national league and with the reds losing today with the padres down one nothing to houston the way they've just been playing overall you know the cardinals can take this all of a sudden the cardinals find themselves with some uh, life here and they have life in this running and like that's why it's important for philly too. the phillies in the running for the nl east is what i care about because i have a ticket on them Philly's only two and a half games back of this second wild card. So San Diego, Cincinnati, St. Louis, Philadelphia, and I guess we'll give it to New York because they're only four games back, but time is running out to get back into this thing. And all of these teams have something to play for it, especially for a team like St. Louis. They could take this game from a team like Milwaukee. It's massive for them. And it just seems like St. Louis, when you look at what they're doing, I, I'm not discrediting them, but it's almost like they're just kind of winning a battle of attrition right now mm-hmm. in terms of staying in this race. They're just kind of hanging around. It's not like they're playing great. They're not playing bad. They're just kind of there, but there means that they have an absolute chance because I looked at the wildcard standings. I was like, well, they're in the race, but they're not really in the race. They're absolutely in the race here, and it's not necessarily that they're going out and grabbing it. They're just kind of waiting for everybody to fall back and then kind of seize the opportunity at the right moment, which they certainly are today right now. Three to one, currently a minus 280 on the in-game money line for the St. Louis Cardinals. Yep. All right. So with that, uh, we talked a little bit about this opening game, uh, at, not at length, but just the news of the day. Zach Martin is uh, tested positive for COVID, so he's not going to be able to be cleared in time for the Thursday night game and the season opener for the National Football League against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we have a plethora of contests, of course, that are going to get started on Sunday. There's a Monday night game that fascinates me, but I want to talk about one game uh, that is moving, it seems like, Wes, and I would agree with this, and uh, I'll see if the, this is going to continue there are still threes out there, but uh, there are some two and a halfs and some threes with altered juice proliferating the board here for Jacksonville on the road against Houston. What, what has been your read on this game? Because I, I've just, I just can't wrap my mind around Jacksonville. Yes, it's not a strong home field, but Jacksonville laying this many points on, on the road. Well, I will say this, John. The threes are going to be gone by the time we get to week one, by the time we get to game day, I think. So if you want to grab Houston, this isn't going upwards. This is going downwards because I think now people are finally realizing with all the bad news with Houston, with Deshaun Watson still on the roster and likely having played his last down as a member of the Houston Texans, this team is down on talent. You have a new head coach that's been an NFL lifer that's finally getting a shot as a head coach at 65, about 65 years old. But it's like, 
Oh, by the way, there's a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach laying points on the road as the divisional road favorite in week one. So, yeah, I like Houston here plus three, and I'll definitely be on them in teaser plays for week one. Yeah, I've got uh, two plays in the uh, week one for the NFL so far. It's Patriots minus two and a half, and it's Houston catching three and they'll be on a teaser i would agree with that as well okay uh, we'll come back again we'll keep an eye on this we're going to expand on the roster should be on the schedule as a whole there's one number up as well there's a road underdog that intrigues me but we'll talk about that when we come back the perfect time to start planning your football contest strategy and the VSIN Pro Football Guide is the perfect way to start. Our VSIN experts have won major football contests around Las Vegas. Our guide will give insight on against the spread contests as well as survivor pools to give you a winning edge. Download the VSIN NFL Guide today for only $19.99 or get VSIN All Access. Get everything we offer for the entire football season. Go to vsin.com slash subscribe. So we're going through NFL Week 1 and Wes, you brought something up and, and it of course sparked something in my mind. Uh, my mind goes everywhere. But it's a topic that I want to talk about, and it's something that yeah, last year I really got into doing, and, and it's using teasers. But it's not just any teaser, right, in the National Football League, and it, it's specific mm-hmm. to many things, right? One, six-point teasers. Six-point teasers, of course, if you're doing two-team parlays, twenty. it's all your land uh, on those six-point teasers. But it's also using them in key situations, right? And, and we always talk about this, but getting through those key numbers with those teasers. Last year, Wes, I'll have to go back and find the tweet while we're doing this segment because it was one thing that I, I, I religiously went to time and time again last season, and it worked tremendously when you're teasing through these key numbers. And it's a really good weapon in your arsenal as a better to use. And so when you're going through week one, I dug out, I think there's, there's four candidates for these teasers that I think that you can consider to use in a, in a uh, two-team parlay. Or, yeah, two-team teaser parlay. Again, six points teasing through key numbers. And these are key situations. So you're talking about home underdogs, right? Uh, we were talking about home favorites hovering around that touchdown. But if you're teasing through that key number and you're getting some good value on those with those parlays and those teasers, I think it's really solid. So you brought up the Texans, right? So the Texans plus three, you could tease them up to six points to nine. The three other candidates, Wes, the Chiefs, who in some spots are laying six points against the Cleveland Browns. You tease that down to a pick at home for Kansas City. The Rams, who are laying seven and a half, you can tease that through seven and through three to get down to one and a half. And the Raiders, who are catching four and a half, you can tease that up uh, through the seven to get to ten and a half. I think those would be your top four candidates. Not necessarily the case you have to use them, but I think, again, when you're talking about these teasers, keys getting through key numbers, and the benefit that you as a better get, those are going to be your top four candidates for week one teaser candidates. Yeah, and let me add, it might not be a top candidate in terms of the amount being bet by the betters playing these teasers, but I'll mention another one here, and that's the New York Giants. Uh, Now at two and a half, because this was an opener of Denver minus one. And keep in mind, I joined the chorus right now that do kind of like this Denver Broncos team. I did pick them to be a wild card in terms of our VSIN Pro Football Betting Guide, which you can get right now at vsin.com. Still some time before the season gets started. And now Denver has risen to two and a half because Teddy Bridgewater gets the job over Drew Locke. It was kind of a, a, you know, the theory that maybe they wanted Drew Locke to go ahead and win this job, but that tells you that John Elway is not the decision maker anymore in Denver from a player personnel standpoint. It is George Payton, the new general manager, and he went with the free agent he signed, that being Teddy Bridgewater. So now you're seeing this go up to two and a half. And one of the things I like with these key number teasers too, John, is to kind of use the total a little bit to handicap that, especially when a game is moving to the under. And we talked about one last segment with Jacksonville and Houston. 45, now seeing some 44 and a halves in the market, still 45 here at BetMGM. But when I think the game is starting to move to the under, 
I think that that gives a little bit more value to an underdog, especially on a teaser. So now you've got this Denver Giants game, open 42 and a half, now as low as 41 and a half in the market, still 42 here at BetMGM. And now you can tease on a six-point teaser with the New York Giants to eight and a half. Yep. And I know the Giants have some offensive line issues, like seemingly like half the teams in the NFL right now. So it's not exclusive to them. But you're getting over a touchdown now at home with the pretty good Giants defense. The offensive line issues aside, Saquon Barkley back. They did get some weapons for Daniel Jones in terms of Kenny Galladay improving that receiving core. So... I felt that the Giants getting about eight and a half on a teaser, that certainly has some value with the total getting bet to the under right now. Yeah, and so I found this, and uh, I found what I was looking for from, from last season, Wes. So, again, and you have to be, I, I think you got to be strict with this, right? Again, fitting the parameters of these favorites of around seven points at home, of these underdogs, especially at home, uh, of around three points or two and a half points, getting through those key numbers. Uh, ten, ten times last year, Wes, I found situations in which it fell under those parameters. Of those 10 two-team teasers, so you have six points, again, getting through those key numbers, eight and two uh, on those 10 that you put in mm-hmm. last, uh, that I put in last year. And then, you know, I can, uh, it's up on the social media account. I'll, I'll like it and retweet it so you can take a look at what I'm talking about uh, if you're following up on social media at me, JVT. But that's what I'm speaking about, right? Like these teasers, that's what you want to look at when you're talking about the NFL season. And I think it's a really good way to build your bankroll as well as you're talking about this. So uh, it's definitely one thing that I am um, – going to be using a little bit more. And like we said, there's multiple ways to do it, right? You mentioned the one that you're looking at. I mean, I would think that a Chiefs-Rams teaser is going to be pretty popular. Getting the Chiefs at pick against the Browns, getting the Rams minus one and a half, both teams at home, both hovering around that number, getting through a touchdown for both of them, right? Like that is something that is going to be pretty favorable. It might seem chalky, but it's not chalky when you're getting some, some really good numbers getting through those touchdowns. And I wouldn't be shocked, too, to see the Washington football team as part of that mix, too. Yeah, now seen as high as about one it. and a half in the market, and it's now one, I believe, at BetMGM. So if you get those, like, one and a halves, like I think Stations, Wins, South Point here in Las Vegas, have it at one and a half, all of a sudden you can tease that up to seven and a half on a six-point teaser with a total of just at 44 and a half. And, look, the Washington football team is a team I'm a little down on this year. I think the schedule is going to be a little bit tougher because this was an under 500 team that now has to play a first place schedule so keep that in mind so that's why I'm not as high on that team I'm a little higher on the Giants despite the fact that they have issues everybody in the entire NFC least has issues really going forward I don't think there's one clear-cut favorite even though I think Dallas has the most talent pound for pound and player for player on that roster but you know that's still pretty good value even with the team I'm down on and one other thing to advise betters in terms of like on the season and this is something our friend lost Vegas Chris, Chris the Nook has brought up, don't be too married to like your season win totals and your futures right. in week one. It's like, don't be afraid. Okay, I like this team over for their season wins, but I don't really like them in the spot here in week one. So don't be afraid to go against that. Like, like I'm down on the Washington football team, but I think on a teaser, it's a pretty darn good situation. Yep, I would agree with that completely. Um, now, I am, uh, I'm high on like a team like the Patriots, but it's not even like a win total thing. It is a make the playoffs thing, and I'm all over it in week one. So yeah. uh, let, we'll get to on the other side. We'll make, let's make this an NFL hour. So we'll talk about a couple more games on the week one card. You know, like I said, I've made a couple of bets on the week one card already, so we'll get to those, uh, what I have looked at up to this point in the NFL, and, and what I, I think is going to be some interesting spots in week one. Like, for example, Wes, uh, on the other side, we'll talk about this at length. The Baltimore Ravens on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders to open up Monday night. I I think it's going to be a fascinating situation for Baltimore, an offensive line that has some question marks along the interior. Uh, I think a wide receiving core that is a little nicked up, right, banged up and not very deep, what that offense looks like. And a Raiders offense that I think is pretty underrated given how good they have been over the last few years in terms of some efficiency metrics. So we'll get to that and much more as we discuss week one of the National Football League. It is the last Sunday without NFL action. How can you not be excited?
Discover what winning feels like at BetMGM. It's the best time to sign up because you're giving new customers a shot at an easy 100 bucks. Register using code Visa100 and win $100 in free bets when you place a $1 money line wager on any college football game and either team scores a touchdown. No matter what your gridiron game is, BetMGM is always ready for the action. Enjoy parlay selection builders, daily promotions, boosted odds, specials, and more. Download the app or go to betmgm.com. Use code VSIM100 to win $100 when you bet $1 on any college football game and either team scores a touchdown. Only BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. New customer offer, paid and free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. All right, Wes, some scores to update here. As we look around the uh, scoreboard of Major League Baseball, we're going to get back to the National Football League momentarily in week one and what we are analyzing. But let's start over in extras. We are at the bottom of the 10th inning, and Ian Kennedy's got some funky mess to work with here as uh, the extra runner rule, right? Puts a guy on second, a ground out, allows a runner to advance. So Kennedy's got a runner on third right now with just one out. And uh, that's about it that he's got to work with. Phillies, by the way, I should, the lead, I'm burying it, uh, took a 4-3 lead in the top of the 10th. So the Marlins trying to tie this game up or win it with a walk-off shot or more. And then the San Diego Padres, our boy Chris Paddock, got a little bad luck in the first, right? Cronin worked with a bad throw to first, allowing guys to move around the bases. Eventually one finds his way home. Well, Padres back him up a little bit here in the bottom of the first. Plate three runs. Now we are at the top of the second. Paddock's got two guys out with a runner on second. So he's working with uh, house money a little bit here. He's got Garcia on deck, the opposing pitcher. So maybe Paddock gets out of this top of the frame here with a little bit of a lead. And finally, last but not least, Wes, Yankees running out of real estate. They got six outs left to get back into this game. Not back into it. They're in it, but they're only down. They're down eight to seven is the score here with the Baltimore Orioles up on top of the Yanks. Yeah, not a good day for the top of the ALE so far. Yep. By the way, the Tampa Bay Rays do lose 6-5 to five to the Minnesota Twins. So uh, Rays still with the seven-game lead in the ALE. So uh, comfortable, I would say, at this standpoint. Not necessarily finished as of yet. But by the way, one of the chasers, not only in the division, but also in that wild card, the Boston Red Sox, who would have the second spot in that wild card, mm -hmm. now trails 7-5 to five against the Cleveland Indians. The Indians do have two runners on, second and third with nobody out. So so Indians have actually led this game pretty much wire to wire. It was six and up, and after three innings, Boston got uh, five runs combined in the fifth and the sixth. Never been able to take the lead, though. So the Boston Red Sox uh, looking to maybe drop a game, see if uh, Seattle, Toronto, uh, Oakland certainly didn't do their job trying to make up a spot today. They lose to the Blue Jays eight to nothing. So uh, wild card, uh, some of these teams on the periphery still mathematically alive, at least like the Seattle team and Toronto Blue Jays and those guys, but the guys at the top, Yankees in Boston, uh, not so great series over the weekend for these guys. All right, Wes, you, you are an encyclopedia of knowledge. So I just saw something on one of these screens that I'm going to throw at you, and I swear, if you know who this guy is, I, I actually, I don't even know what I'm going to do if you know what this guy is. I'm going to throw a name at you. What team did he play for? You ready? Okay. okay. Spud Chandler. Spud Chandler. Oh, we're going to play who he play for, like on Inside the NBA, and, I, and I'm going to be Charles Barkley and be the goof kind that, of, doesn't, but, that doesn't well, get it right here. It's, it's not exactly a goof because he's a 1940s baseball player, so. Spud Chandler. I know. Well, at least you gave me the sport here with, with uh, Spud Chandler. I was like, well, who the hell is that going to be? I was like, I at least got to get the sport right because I was going to say, was he a golfer? I don't think he was a golfer, but uh, Spud Chandler, I'm going to guess that, you know, I'm just throwing out a name because they're one. Of, I got to go with like an old team that's been around forever. I'm going to say this guy played for the New York Yankees. Yeah, of course you knew it. Of course. I think you were just setting it up. I think you knew. I think you knew all along. Yes. Yeah, I Chandler. did not know <laughs> it, but I was I was like, it's got to be some old team. It's got to be like the Yankees or the, you know, the uh the Pirates or somebody like that, somebody where these teams played in the 1930s and the 1940s. Don't ask me when he played. I'm guessing that was the generation he played in. Yeah, come on, man. Uh, Spud Chandler won, uh, won MVP back in 1943 uh, for the American League. Wow. The, the only reason I bring this up is... So I Gary... wouldn't get that on a sporkle <laughs> quiz. <laughs> no, but uh, the only reason I brought this up, uh, uh, Gary Sanchez, uh, who is having a pretty good game, uh, they threw the stat up at this point because Sanchez for the day, for those who don't know, he's had a pretty productive day. 
uh, and of course was responsible for the two-run shot earlier. But he's two of three with six RBI today. And apparently, because he's batting ninth, only three other Yankees uh, have batted ninth and had six or more RBIs in uh, history. Joe Girardi was one of them. I missed the other name, but the other was, of course, our guy that we're talking about, Spud Chandler, who played in the 1940s. Mm -hmm. It just strikes me as amazing that uh, if you played in 1940 or earlier, you have names like Spud. Uh, It seems like it was very prevalent, but all right, you're good. You passed. Um, With that, (laughs) done with Major League Baseball quizzes. Let's go back to the National Football League because I did did throw this out there, so I want to get your thoughts. Where are you at with the Baltimore Ravens? Because I think they're a really quality team, and I think that they deserve at this point, given what we've seen over the last two years, to be the favorite to win the AFC North. But I I do have my questions about this offense. I think we've seen statistically, right, that Lamar Jackson has regressed as a passer. If you looked at some of the numbers that PFF tracks in terms of passes that weren't play, you know, without play action, passing grade dipped from last year significantly. Uh, If you look at it from a personnel standpoint, Wes, questions along the interior of the offensive line. We have guys banged up uh, in this uh, wide receiving core as well. That's already not deep to begin with. I think that this Baltimore team is one that I kind of wanted to look to go against in certain spots at the beginning of the year because I believe they're a little overvalued by the market, and they're a a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders. Markets moved in the Raiders' direction because we saw an opener of about five-and-a-half, and I can't say I disagree. There's a low of four to the book that I'm sitting at right now. I think the Raiders are going to be a little bit more live than the market's given them credit for, and I just don't know if the Raiders, the Ravens are going to be as good as the market says they're going to be. Yeah, I concur with you on that, JVT, and uh, I'll start with the Baltimore side. You mentioned two new starters now on that offensive line on that right side, Kevin Zeitler, Alejandro Villanueva, both come in via free agency. Ronnie Stanley, of course, coming off that uh, season-ending injury, played his high school ball right here in Las Vegas at Bishop Gorman, and then later on at Notre Dame. So you've got some questions. Look, we talked about the offensive line. That offensive line play is almost kind of like, uh, I don't know if I want to use Bill Polian's term and call it an epidemic, but it certainly is worse than it has been. Now, he's going to say because of the collective bargaining agreement, because he's always been management and management against labor, I get it. But a lot of it might be the college teams that are running a lot more spread offenses, which are kind of the antithesis of what you do in the NFL, even though you have some spread looks in terms of your formation. But a lot of teams got offensive line issues, and the Baltimore Ravens are one of them. And then you look on the Raiders' side, and I know, you know, it's kind of that old, some people are more numbers-based, some people are more situation-based. I try to kind of go into the middle, but I don't think you want to necessarily ignore situational handicapping, even in, in this area of analytics being more prevalent, not only in baseball, but now in football, basketball, pretty much every sport where analytics is prevalent to the betting market. But this is the first real home game for the Las Vegas Raiders in terms of the regular season. Last year was the inaugural season. I've got the towel. I've got the banner that said Las Vegas Raiders inaugural season, but it was the first season and you didn't have any fans there at Allegiant Stadium. This is going to be Monday Night Football. You are going to have a packed crowd of silver and black there. I went to a preseason game that only drew about 50,000. Actually, the BYU-Arizona game late last night drew more than that Raiders exhibition game at home against the Seattle Seahawks that Brady Cannon and I went to, but this is going to be a horse of a different color. This is the Las Vegas Raiders' first chance to make a good impression in their new town with people actually going to see the product live right in front of their very eyes. And I do think that that matters. I know that'll get dismissed, you know, by maybe some numbers guys and whatnot, but I think that absolutely matters. And I think you are going to have a team that's wanting to give a big effort. If you recall that game Monday night, I think it was week two, correct me if I'm wrong, week two or three, JVT, where they had the New Orleans and yep. Saints out here, and they came back and they won. Nobody in the stands, but they knew that was their first home game in a new city, and I felt that that absolutely mattered from a situational standpoint, and I think this is going to matter because all the media, all the wheels, all the whales in town, all these property owners on the Strip and downtown and throughout the greater Las Vegas Valley, all the big movers and shakers politically and in the business community are going to be there. Mark Davis, John Gruden, and this whole organization I'm not necessarily long on their prospects for the regular season as a whole, but I think for this game, they're going to want to really make a good first impression. Yeah, and you know, I'm curious too, Wes, is if you look at where the market has gone, 
uh, from a total perspective, we've seen, we saw this open at 52. The initial move is to the under at 51. You know, I, I'm actually intrigued to see how where this goes because I actually think this might be a higher scoring affair. You know, I mentioned some of the numbers behind um, the Raiders in passing for what they've done offensively. Look, this is should know that this is a really good uh, offense, right? For or should be defense for the Baltimore Ravens. But if you look at what the Raiders did a season ago, and actually since John Gruden's been there, they've been a top 10 team in terms of efficiency the last few years. This was a top 10 passing attack a season ago. They were ninth in efficiency or DVOA standards by football outsiders last year. This is a this is an offense that I think I know what we're going to get, right? I think that we're going to get a really explosive attack here and an efficient attack from the Las Vegas Raiders. It's just two-part question for me. One, how does a rebuilt offensive line hold up against a front seven that blitzed more than any team in the National Football League last year? And the other part of it is, you know, from the defensive perspective for Las Vegas, they threw a lot right at the wall for this secondary to see what was going to stick. What does that look like under Gus Bradley, who's now coming in to run this defense? Is this going to be any better? Are they going to be able to contain Lamar Jackson? Because my first initial lean was that this might be a higher scoring game, but the market is leaning toward the under here, mm-hmm. moving to playing off the 52. Yeah, and this defensive line also, I think, has to be better. You got to have, you know, Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe, Carl Nassib. They brought in McCoy, Hankins. These guys got to get to the passer better because we know that this secondary, as we watched last year, was kind of all over the place. There's some talent back there, but there's a lot of inexperience back there. So this defensive line, I think, has got to get pressure, not just in this game, but really that's a big theme for the entire season for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yep, key number 51. All right, we'll come back. Final hour of the Green Zone. We'll take a look at everything we have coming up later tonight. We still got a Sunday night game in college football between Notre Dame and Florida State. We got a Sunday night baseball game over at the West Coast here, where I'm at right now, San Francisco and Los Angeles Dodgers. Plenty to get to in the final hour. Come back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.